Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 28 of Quick Cuts, a plastic surgery podcast. On today's episode, we discuss infantile hemangioma, so let's get started. An infantile hemangioma is a benign vascular tumor. It's the most common tumor of infancy, and while it can occur anywhere on the body, it most commonly occurs on the head and neck. And while today's podcast will focus on cutaneous infantile hemangioma, it's worth noting that extracutaneous infantile hemangioma is also possible, with the liver being the most common location. These lesions appear shortly after birth, most commonly at two to three weeks of age. The clinical course of an infantile hemangioma occurs in three phases. The first phase is the proliferating phase, in which the lesion grows rapidly in size. This lasts for approximately 6 to 12 months, after which the tumor enters the involuting phase and begins to shrink. The third and final phase is the involuted phase, in which the tumor stops shrinking. About 50% of patients will reach this stage by age 5, and almost all patients will reach this stage by age 10. Approximately half of patients will experience total resolution of the lesion, while the other half may experience residual scarring, excess skin, fibroadipose tissue deposition, or telangiectasias. We'll talk next about the evaluation and management of the infantile hemangioma patient. In addition to taking a general medical, prenatal, and birth history, your focused history regarding the lesion should include when it was first identified, how it's changed over time in terms of size and appearance, and whether it's been associated with any additional symptoms, such as ulceration or bleeding. On physical exam, you should evaluate the size, color, surface characteristics, and location of the lesion. Infantile hemangiomas tend to present as fleshy masses that may have a reddish or bluish hue depending on their depth. In some patients, presentation of the mass may actually be preceded by a patch of bruising or telangiectasias referred to as herald patches. While the vast majority of infantile hemangiomas are diagnosed by history and clinical exam alone, Doppler ultrasonography can be used as a confirmatory study if there's uncertainty. These studies will demonstrate a high-flow, low-arterial resistance lesion. MRI is the gold standard for imaging hemangiomas and can also help to distinguish them from other vascular lesions. Unfortunately, this generally requires sedating the infant patient. Biopsy is reserved for rare cases where the diagnosis remains unclear despite exam and imaging studies. Expression of the GLUT1 protein can help differentiate the tumor from other lesions. The treatment of an infantile hemangioma depends on its location and clinical stage and whether or not there are associated complications. Because many hemangiomas will ultimately involute and resolve, observation is the appropriate first-line management for many of these lesions. Even for hemangiomas with ulceration and bleeding, local wound cares will often suffice. Intervention becomes an important consideration for hemangiomas that have significant functional or aesthetic consequences. Commonly cited examples of functional impairment requiring treatment include obstruction of the visual axis, auditory canal, or upper respiratory tract. For problematic hemangiomas, first-line treatment options tend to be non-surgical, particularly for hemangiomas in the proliferating phase. Oral beta blockers like propranolol have emerged as a first-line treatment, with both systemic and intralesionally injected steroids existing as alternatives. Some recent data suggests improved treatment efficacy 
by combining laser therapy with oral propranolol. Topical therapy with timolol has also been described for small superficial hemangiomas. Surgical excision of infantile hemangiomas during the proliferative phase is preferably avoided due to both the high vascularity of these lesions in this stage and the increased anesthetic risk in children less than one year of age. Early surgical intervention may still be required, however, if problematic hemangiomas fail to respond to non-operative interventions. Delayed surgical resection can also be performed after involution to address residual tissue or scarring and is associated with lower bleeding and anesthetic risks in comparison with early surgery. The complications related to untreated infantile hemangioma can depend on their location and associated functional impairment. An untreated hemangioma that obstructs the visual axis can result in deprivational amblyopia, and pressure on the cornea can even produce ulceration. Obstruction of the auditory canal can produce otitis externa, and subglottic hemangiomas can produce airway obstruction. And that ends our discussion on infantile hemangioma. I hope everyone's continuing to enjoy the podcast. Feel free to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. As always, you can find my entire audio library along with other great online resources at theplasticsfella.com. For questions, suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, you can reach me at jakemarksmd at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at jakemarksmd. Thanks for listening. See you next time.